0: Applying the Ten Commandments. A Sunday school teacher was discussing the Ten Commandments with her five and six-year-olds. After explaining the commandments to honor your father and mother, she said, she asked, Is there a commandment that teaches us how to treat our brothers and sisters? And without missing a beat, one teenager said, Thou shalt not kill. (laughs) How many can relate to that? Last one, Adam's ribs. How many know we came from Adam's ribs? So at Sunday school, they're teaching how God created everything, including human beings. And a young boy was especially intent when they said that Eve was created out of one of Adam's ribs. So later in the week, his mother noticed him lying down as though he were ill. And said, Johnny, what's the matter? And little Johnny responded, I have pain in my side. I think I'm going to have a wife. Amen. All right. Teenagers, I want to talk to you just for a few minutes. We got the smell of pizza over there. I think we always bring the pizza in a little bit early, but it's all right. That'll give you something to look forward to. How many will pay attention real good just for a few minutes so we can eat some pizza? All right. Does anybody not like pizza? Is anybody crazy here that doesn't like pizza? I didn't think so. You have to be crazy not to like pizza, right? Pizza is great. So remember this: no reserves, no retreats, and no regrets. I want to tell a story real quick, but I want you to open your Bibles if you have one. If you don't, I want you to pay attention and listen to this. And I want to give an example. How many saw the video up there of the guy running? How many of you've ever ran? Okay, we've all ran, right? Sometimes we ran some, from something, right? And how many have ever actually ran in track? Any you know, track people here? All right, quite a few. So if you have, how many have played football, basketball, soccer? All right, so got a lot of people who've played sports, young and old. And uh, when you're playing sports, what's one of the things that can happen when you're playing sports? You can get hurt, right? That's kind of a par for the course. That's kind of something that can happen. And if y'all saw that story, that guy was shooting out. And if you were a track person, Um, you're running as fast as you can. And we know like in the 100-meter dash, that guy gets 100 meters in 10 seconds. So those guys are flying, right? And how many have ever, let me ask you this question, how many have ever seriously, not just like, oh, that hurt, seriously pulled or torn a muscle? Okay. How many know that that is a pain that is almost unexplainable? I would like to ask, um, I I won't do it right now, but I would like to ask, a lady who has given birth to a child, how comparable that is to childbirth, just to know. So later on, I want to find that out, okay? Because I want to kind of know, because when when I've done that, I, I feel like that might be pretty bad, right? Of course, I've never had a baby, thank God, and I don't plan on having one. But the pain when you pull a muscle really hurts, okay? So I asked pain, pulled the muscle, but how many of you have actually torn a muscle? Let me see your hand. 1 2 okay all right so that's different than pulling pulling is where you know if something shoots and it's it's pretty bad but tear is where the muscle actually tears so very, so we went down look how we went from a lot let me let me do this again how many people have gotten hurt just just hurt playing okay it, if you if you've played and you don't raise your hand there you're lying and you've never played because if you play any kind of sport you're going to get hurt one time I was playing basketball and everybody knows I like to play basketball and I played a lot of other sports, too. I played baseball, I played football, I played soccer, but I liked basketball the most. One time I was playing in Costa Rica, and a hard ball came across the court, and I went to catch it, and there was this loud... <laughs> <laughs> you ever heard that noise? And, and it was my finger. And so I knew it hurt, and I knew that the ball had jammed my finger, but I didn't know that all of a sudden some guys on the court went like this. Ugh! Now when guys go, ugh! something gross had to have happened. So I didn't really realize how bad it was. I looked down at my finger and this finger right here was like this, but the other way facing up. So when they said, "ugh," I looked down and went, uh. and the only thing I could do was snap it back. And that was good. That was good. Cause if you wait, it's worse. So that was one of my fun injuries. I've jammed every single finger on my hands and a matter of fact this take your finger like this and then bend it over like that okay notice that I cannot do that on that finger see how how you should be able to touch your finger with your finger right I can't do that and it's even worse on this one watch this that's as far as that'll bend because it bent the other way and so you you have a lot of injuries in sports and there are things that you can recover from but that really hurts when your finger bends backwards. Now, another time I was playing, I'm running down the court, and I, and I bumped with the player, and his knee hit my shin. How many of you have ever had a really bad shin injury? There's nothing there but bone and nerves. And so, it really hurt, and I remember, you know, like when you're playing, there's something called adrenaline. How many of you have ever had adrenaline? Adrenaline is where... Your, your, your blood is flowing and you're in the game and you're playing something and, and you can hurt yourself. And it really doesn't hurt as bad as it would if you were just kind of sitting on the couch and all of a sudden your finger popped backwards, right? So adrenaline takes the pain a little bit. So the knee hits me in the shin. And again, it's like, man, that really hurts. So I kept playing. And about 10 minutes later, I had a familiar noise. Ugh. Now, my father-in-law is here tonight from Costa Rica. And he is a witness to this. Okay, so I I hear this, on the court again, and I'm like, I know this noise, so I look down at my shin, and what did I do? Ugh, in my shin, now picture, this is weird, I need you to come up here real quick, because we need a visual, okay, because I have pants on, picture, just pull your up a little bit, Turn, turn towards them, picture, this is bone, right, this is totally flat. Just picture if all of a sudden you look down and he had a baseball inside his shin. Would you go, Ugh? I looked down and there was a obviously it wasn't a baseball, but it looked like a baseball had been born in my shin. Nasty. So I quit playing. I went by on the way home by my father-in-law's restaurant. And Papi, recuerdas esa noche que llegué comí, que comí, este, ¿cómo se llama eso? No el, shin. Bueno, no one knows. With my shin, with the ball there, so he saw that, and he did, uh, right? And so what happened was I had a guy with me who knew that that was blood. Blood was accumulated in my vein of my shin. And so he asked my father-in-law for ice and he got a pack of ice, sat me down, put my leg up on the chair and started what they call floating out the blood and with the ice was pushing on my shin with the ice. Yeah. Can you say pain? Papi, ¿recuerdas? Was I, estaba gritando yo So, If I could do the whole stony thing, I'd ask him how I sounded, right, in Spanish, but I sounded like a girl, I promise you. I sounded really bad as I was listening, okay? Now, here's another, I'm only going to mention one more. I could go on probably for about an hour about injuries that I've had, but here's one more that was in Costa Rica. Oh, by the way, when I woke up the next morning, it was about half the size like a golf ball. So I forgot to take a picture, so I don't know if my wife believes, but she knows my father-in-law saw it. Another injury I'm playing I'm shooting a shot. I come down right on someone's foot, my ankle. Okay, So my ankle went totally sideways. Didn't break it, but a sprain is worse than a break, Okay, because sprains don't heal as much. And when you sprain something real bad, all the blood vessels and all the veins go inside your leg. So I hurt really bad. I stopped playing. And as I'm continuing to play, or as, I, as I get home, my foot starts start turning purple. And uh, my wife will remember this. It got really bad, honey. The purple went up above my ankle, so I looked like I had a purple foot. And it was not getting better. So this same friend, my friend from the restaurant that night, Carlos, he's actually a missionary now, said, you need to come to my house, and I need to float your ankle out. It was the most exciting drive I've ever had in my life. I just could not wait to get there. I had my wife drive me. Now watch this. I got there, and I said, honey, you stay in the car. I don't want you inside the house with me. I went up in there. He laid me on the couch, on my face, on my stomach, and began from, now remember, my foot, foot's totally purple. He started at my toes, and he began to what they call float. He would push hard like this on my toes, and he pushed and he pushed, and he got all the way across my foot and up my ankle. And I don't know how long it took, but when I came out, my hands had been hitting the wall, and did you hear me out there? My wife heard me outside the car, outside the house, screaming. Now, it wasn't like, ah! it was like, because oh! that was the only thing I could do, and I don't, that's what I would do if I was having a baby. Oh, and so there was a wall there, and I was punching it every time he did it. You know what? A week later, my ankle was healed. Now, I say all that to say this. When you play sports, there's a lot of fun to it. But a big risk is injuries. Right? Big risk is injuries. Getting hurt. Be still. Okay? So when you get hurt, that takes the fun out of it. Now, guess what? Playing sports and walking with God is very similar. Serving God is the most fun thing you can ever do in your life. But as you serve God... You're going to have injuries. You're going to have setbacks. You're going to have things that will happen to you. People are going to do things to you. People are going to say things to you. Uh, You're going to get hurt. You're going to get hurt by people. And you have to make a decision that I am serving God because I love God and I'm not going to go back. Okay? I'm not going to retreat. Now I want to read you a quick story. How many just give me a couple minutes here? I'm not going to take long, okay? But I want to read you a story. How many like milk? Let me see the milk drinkers in here. All right. Ice cream. All right. Sour cream. Cream cheese. All of the above. That's me. I like them all, okay? There's a company that you might not be as familiar with today, but you will know it. it. Is the name called Borden. How many have ever heard of the company Borden? Okay. Back in the day, about 150 years ago, they were the man, they were the, they were the bluebell. Okay, they were the blue bill back in the day. They're not quite as big as they used to be. But there was a man named William Borden. And he was an heir to the company of Borden. Now they were multi, multi, multi-millionaires. How many of you tonight, let me ask you a question, young and old, would love to have someone come and give you right now millions of dollars? Millions. Like I just come up and say, hey, Uh, I'm going to go and I'm going to leave you $5 million. Okay, $5 million. How many can't even imagine what you would do with $5 million? Okay, guess what? This guy, real story, named William Borden, was left the money from the company of Borden. And how many can start thinking, man, what I would do with Borden, here's what you start doing. I would buy this house. I would buy this car. I would buy these games. I would buy, what's the latest game thing? I don't even know. PS4? PS4, Xbox? One, okay? I don't have no clue what those are, but you'd go buy all those. You'd buy a humongous screen to play them on. You'd have all the controls. You'd buy, I mean, you'd, you'd buy all the clothes you want. How many you know you could just do it? If that much, that much money, you could do whatever you want. There's no limits. Well, this is what this guy I did with his money. He, at 16 years old, got a graduation present from his parents to take a trip around the world. And as he began to travel through Asia and the Middle East and Europe, he, watch this, he felt a growing burden for the world's hurting people. Interesting. And he wrote home on this excursion from his parents, knowing he was a millionaire, And knowing his family had sent him on this trip, he wrote home and said, Mom and Dad, guess what I want to do with my money? I want to be a missionary. I bet you if I asked tonight, again, now that I've said that, some of you spiritually would say, Oh yeah, I would do that with the money. But would you be telling the truth? He writes home and says, Mom and Dad, I want to be a missionary. So one friend's like Bill... You are going to throw your life away as a missionary. In response, I want you to pay attention, and if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. In response, this young man, 16 years old, who was what we call today filthy rich, wrote in the back of his Bible, no reserves. That's what he wrote when this friend said, man, you're going to waste your life as a missionary. So as he got back to, to the United States at 16 years old, how many have heard of the University of Yale? very prestigious university. He starts going to the University of Yale as a freshman, and very quickly, people in his school began to say, there's something different about this guy. He's different, and quickly, he began to be very smart and get really ahead in his class, and he got to college real, that some of them would say, man, this guy got to college far ahead of us spiritually and intellectually. Man, he's really amazing, and God has given him a heart that's fully surrendered to Jesus. And some of his classmates learned to find strength in this classmate. And so during his college years, listen to this, Bill Borden made an entry in his personal journal that that defined what his classmates were seeing. He simply said, and and I want you to write this down, and I want you to try this, he simply said, say no to self and say yes to Jesus every time. Now, I want to remind you who I'm talking about. I'm not talking about just some normal average teenager. I'm talking about a millionaire who could do anything he wants, has everything you could possibly want, and he's saying, say no to self and yes to Jesus every time he speaks to me. So Borden's first disappointment at Yale, listen, came when the university president said in a convocation... Students need to have a fixed purpose. And after that speech, Borden wrote that people should have a purpose, but they should also have an ability to persevere and strength to resist temptations. How many know that's what you need as teenagers? Strength to resist temptations. So he starts asking the people in Yale and the student body what they're going to do with their lives, and he starts listening to responses that are very self-centered. Very me, 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 me. How many know that's the generation we live in? It's all about me. It's what can I get, what can I have, and what do I need? And so th- he began to be bothered by looking at his school, even before he went back to the mission field, and said, Man, I got to help this school find out that Jesus is real. How many want your friends to know that Jesus is real? And so he began to start a, a, a thing on his campus, and it was really going well in the first term. And uh, he would have people pray every morning with him at his, at his, at his, uh, in a Bible study. And he would read the Bible to his friends. And he would begin to talk about the promises of God. And listen to this. A small morning prayer group of this millionaire gave birth to a movement that soon spread across the whole campus. You could do this in your school. And by the end of his freshman year, 150 freshmen were meeting with him every day to pray before school. 150 freshmen were meeting him. It started with just a couple people. He was making an impact. Pay attention. So he's doing this Bible study, and watch this. By the time Bill Borden, now remember, this is not just some nerd, this is a millionaire. If you think about it, it doesn't even have to be in school. You don't even have to be in school. Some of you, some of us, let me put me in there. If we had all the money we ever needed, school would not be a priority. Okay? School would not be the first thing we would do if we had all the money we need. Okay? And I'm not talking about education general. I'm talking about beyond high school. Y'all got to go to high school. That's That's a given. You have to graduate high school at least... Okay, college is awesome. But you got to at least do high school. But how many know if you had all the money in the world? You'd be like, man, I don't need school. And this dude's in school. He stayed all four years. And by the time he was a senior, the group of people in his class grew from 150 to 1,300 students. 1,300 students meeting every morning at Yale University for a Bible study and prayer. So, what was cool was this guy that's a millionaire, he starts really, really making a difference in his school and starts an outreach. And what they start doing is uh, new people would come into the school and they say, hey, so-and-so is a problem causer. And we need, we need, we need your group to, take, to help them because they're, they're, they're really affecting our school. And this guy, William Borden, the, that's the, the family of the founder of the milk and the cheese and the ice cream and all that good stuff, the millionaire he says, he could have said, okay, hey, Brian, you take care of that guy. Hey, Dylan, you take care of that guy. Hey, Parker, help me out with this guy. What he did was when the troubled students would come in, he'd say, give them to me. Give them to me. I want to take care of them. I want to help them make it through school. And he would begin to one-on-one with these people in the school. And he would begin to form their lives and lead them to Christ and help them be examples in their school. So he cares about he cared about widows and orphans and the disabled. He would go out, listen, this is a millionaire, and rescue drunks from the streets of his city. He would try to rehabilitate them. He started a Yale Hope mission. And one of his friends wrote one night and said, he, if they'd say, where's Bill Borden? And a friend would say, he's probably in the worst part of the city right now in some cheap motel trying to rescue someone from drugs or at some restaurant feeding some hungry person. Doesn't sound like your typical uh, Paris Hilton, does it? Or your typical whoever else is on TV that's got a lot of money. I won't go into, get into names, alright? So, here's the cool thing. His life's starting to really move, and he gets an opportunity to go to a Muslim city in China. And so he starts going and becoming a millionaire, challenges all his classmates to missionary service... And they said, this guy's, "This guy's amazing. What is it that's different about him? Why is he so different?" And although he was a millionaire this is the last part of the story he seemed to realize that always things in his life he must be about his father's business and not wasting time in the pursuit of amusement. Although Borden refused to join a fraternity, he did more to his classmates in his senior year than ever before. And upon graduation from Yale, Borden, listen to this, turned down some high-paying job offers. How many know that although he didn't need a job, when you go to Yale, you're going to get some good jobs? So he turns down all these jobs, pay attention, and he says, I'm not going to take them. And in in his Bible, he wrote something else. He wrote, no retreats. In the back of his Bible. And so after he graduated and wrote that in his Bible... William Borden went on to graduate work at Princeton Seminary in New Jersey. He finished his studies at Princeton, so Yale and Princeton, nice smart guy. Because he was hoping to work with Muslims. He stopped first in Egypt to study Arabic. And while there, he contracted, if y'all have lost me, pay attention. He contracted while he was there, spinal meningitis. And within a month, listen to this. Within a month of being there in Africa, at 25 years old, he was dead. He died in Africa as a missionary. Now, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands, but some people would say, What a waste! What a waste! What a waste of money! What a waste of resources! What a waste of talent! That is so different from what everybody else would do with money. Everybody else would be like, you know what? I'm gonna go and hey, Ryan wants to be a missionary. Hey Ryan, here's $10,000, you go be a missionary. I'll write a check for you. I mean, that's what most people would do with their money. And that'd be great. But this guy said, no, I'm not gonna go take a high paying job. No, I'm not gonna go be the president of the company that my family left to me. No, I'm not gonna just sit back in my mansion and be a billionaire. No, I'm going to go to the mission field. Who does that? Well, he did. Because he had made a decision when he met Jesus that he wasn't serving Jesus because it was popular. He wasn't serving Jesus because he was was excited about being looked at by everybody else. He was serving Jesus because Jesus had changed his life. And he felt like he owed his life back to Jesus. Now I'm going to finish with this story, with this thought. When the news, check this out of William Whiting Borden's death was cabled back to the U.S. It's a true story. Nearly every American newspaper said this. A wave of sorrow went around the world. Borden not only gave away his wealth, but himself. They just say he just wasted his life. In a way so joyous, it says, and natural that it seemed a privilege Rather than a sacrifice. Can you imagine that? That dying for Jesus would be a privilege more than a sacrifice? Was Borden's death untimely? Not in God's perspective. Prior to his death, Borden had written two more words in his Bible, if you're taking notes. Underneath the words, no reserves and no retreats, he had written the words, no regrets. So he died with a lot of money in the bank but he died for Jesus. Now how many like sports tonight have watched sports and like to see things like that maybe you like a singer Uh, we all have things we like we all have things that we are fans of. Right? And when you're a fan of something you know what you do as a fan of something? You watch them and you cheer for them when they're doing good. But when they start to do kind of bad you're like, ah, oh, let me switch teams. Or, oh, let me go watch something else. But how many know tonight that God is not looking for fans? He's looking for followers. Matthew 16, verse 16. I want to read something to you real quick. Sorry, verse 24. says, Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone desires to follow after me, let him dis- deny himself. Take up his cross and follow me. I want to ask you tonight, have you been taking up your cross? Have you been following Jesus? Have you been denying yourself? Have you been really wholeheartedly saying, God, I'm yours, I'm not my own. I want to live for you. Because these are Jesus' words. How many know if we want to be with Jesus in heaven? we got to do what Jesus says. He says, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me because for whoever desires to save his life will lose it and whoever loses his life for my sake will find it and then he says this word that I mentioned on Wednesday night he says what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul now you might say man I can't really relate to that dude because I don't have much money what if you did what if you had a lot of money what would you do with it that's the question you need to ask yourself tonight you need to make a decision tonight I'm I'm gonna be a follower of Jesus Christ amen and I want to leave a thought with you I haven't worn this for a long time and I've been sweating all night because I have two shirts on but I want to leave a thought with you tonight I want I want to make a statement to you again I did this a long time ago but I want to tell you tonight I am not a fan I'm not a fan of Jesus that sounds weird huh I'm not a fan. I'm a follower. How many want to be followers tonight not fans? Amen? Just like you saw in that video when that man pulled his hamstring. He didn't tear it, he pulled it. He said, I'm going to finish this race. Even if it takes me a while. And it's cool that, that Dylan Ashley chose this theme because just not too long ago I preached a message and showed a, and showed a video. I, you know, I told the story about a man that did a marathon. And he he pulled a muscle halfway through. And he finished the whole marathon. Took him hours and hours and hours. And he was from Tanzania. And they said, why did you finish the race? He said, my country did not send me here to just race. My country sent me here to finish. God did not call you just to follow him. God called you to finish. And you need to have the attitude tonight, as you're in school, and as you're in high school, or junior high, or wherever you're at, or you're at work, you need to have the attitude, I'm not a follower or fan of Jesus. I'm a follower of Jesus. And so that means that when things go bad, I'm still there. When things are good, I'm still there. I don't base my faith on what things I'm seeing. I base my faith on the Lord and His Word. Amen? And the last thing I want to leave you with tonight is in Philippians 3, verse 12 to 14. I had some other verses, but I'm not going to say them. It says, I have not already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that which Jesus Christ has also laid hold of me. He says, I don't count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting the things that are behind me, I reach towards the prize that is ahead of me. The prize of the upward call of Christ Jesus. Amen? How many want to finish tonight with Jesus? How many want to do that? Live a life that has no regrets. No reserves. And no retreats. Amen? Let's bow our heads tonight. Musicians, you can come forward. Just bow your heads right there. I don't want anybody talking. Anybody looking around. Just bow your heads for a moment. Close your eyes. I want to ask you a really important question tonight. As you're just sitting there and listening. No matter what age you are. God is cheering you on tonight. God wants you to finish. And we're living in some crazy times in this world right now. The world's world's hostile. It's, It's dangerous. And God is looking for some young people who will stand up for him. God's looking for some teenagers who will stop messing around and be serious for him. People who will will be different, like William Borden. Had all the money and all the resources in the world. But he said, I'm going to give them away to Jesus. He's what matters.